You just gotta press a button for the intro. Yo, what it is? Yep, yep, yep. What up, though? Hopefully it is what it should be. Welcome to another episode of Fantasy In Session. Today is August the 23rd. The culture pushes are here. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, make sure you subscribe, give us a like, give us a review, tell your friends about us. What up, fellas? How y'all feeling today? Feeling great, man. Ready to get this pod on the road, bro. Uh, It's Friday. Yes, sir. It's That's week three. It's week three of preseason. The big week everybody been waiting for. It's another weekend full Woo! of football. It's the last. This this one of the last ones. Two more weeks after this, and and then it's right. real football from here to February. Was well, football from here to February period? But real football, the ones that matter, the ones that y'all listening for. It's like it really kicks in when that redraft, like that that first, like you know, your home redraft league, boy. When that shit hits, Damn. bro. This is the first, this is the biggest, like, draft week in fantasy. This is the biggest week right here. Everybody should be drafted. Like, I think we got, what, one, I think it starts, what, Sunday? Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Yep, yep. We got a, we got Sunday, you got a slow draft Monday morning, and then we got another draft Monday night, and then we got another draft Tuesday night, bro. So, like, Sunday through Tuesday, bro, it's about to be fucking crazy. I can't wait. I kind of wish I had one Saturday. <laughs> bro, I really I thought I had one Saturday, bro. I was under the impression that I had one Saturday for like the past four days, bro. And I finally sat down and looked at the dates, bro. I was like, damn, bro, what up? Nothing and, to uh, do. Guess I'm tripping. <laughs> like, what the fuck? You guys been mocking? Because if y'all ain't been mocking and it's draft right around the corner, you too late for this year, you might as well start preparing for next year. It's important, goddamn mocking. Yes, sir. This is a fact. Yes, sir. All right. Fellas, uh, let's get to a quick question. I got a question for y'all. Right. Um, if somebody new was listening to this episode and they wanted to know just one thing about, like, they had, like, a draft, like, like Saturday, like, tomorrow. They had a draft Saturday. They never played fantasy before. They listening because they was at work and they just joined one and they're trying to win $2,000 or whatever it is. Or how much? Or they're just trying to win bragging rights. What is one thing you would tell them to do? All right. So I would say... Don't worry about filling your starting lineup. I notice a lot of, like, you know, rookies and beginners, they just worry about filling their lineup um, with their first, you know, few picks or whatever. I think that the best strategy that I can give anybody would be to hammer out running back and receivers. And the reason for this is because, you know, you got, especially at running back, because, you know, you have a lot of injuries every year at running back. So if you have that running back depth, if you have, like, you know, four – for at least four good running backs that you, you know, hammered out, then you're going to be able to, like, withstand that if you do hit, get an injury. But not only that, it helps you in trades, too. I can't tell you how many times, like, just by me, you know, hammering out running back and receivers, I'm able to take that depth on my bench because I didn't worry about getting my tight end or my quarterback, which is so deep or whatever, that I've been able to, like, you know, package that in deals and upgrade my starting lineup. So I think the best uh, strategy is just, don't worry about tight end. Don't worry about quarterback early, at least until like the sixth, seventh round, and just hammer out running back and receivers, man. Um, and the only caveat I would have is like if you know if like the OJ Howard or the Evan Ingram or any other top tight ends fall around and you can get them at value, then I'll say you know go ahead and take that value. But if you know don't reach for them players, just go ahead and take the value at running back and receiver. I promise you, you'll thank me later for that. 
Definitely. And when you say like take the tight end, like, like if that's if he falls into you like the six or seven, like you said, that's value. Like exactly. If, like if Hunter Henry's yeah. going and you know if you got an ADP of the sixth round and he you know sitting there at seven oh four or whatever, I mean I'm fine taking him there. But I'm not yeah. reaching in for Hunter Henry just because he's the last of the big six tight ends in the fifth round. You know what I mean? Or just because I'm filling my roster and I don't have a tight end on my uh, field on my starting lineup yet. Exactly. Yeah, I can dig that. I can dig that. For um, me, I think, I, oh, which, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Javar. Well, shit, I'll just you know pinpoint of you know what Carlos said. You know, don't fill out your roster. Also, with this year coming to 2019, this year you can you can wait on a wide receiver. You know, unless you're at you know not saying if you're at 11 and 12 in draft order and a Julio fall to you or Adams. Hopkins fall to you, yeah, get them, you know, get them guys. But outside of that, you can go, you know, running back, running back, and then you can have two great wide receiver twos that are at the top, borderline wide receiver ones as a, a Woods or a, a Godwin, you know, Kenny especially Gallagher. if you're in, especially you know, you know, Kenny Galladay, especially if you're in a two wide receiver league. Now, if you're in a three wide receiver league, I can kind of see if you, you know, if you can take a wide receiver earlier. But if you're in a two-wide receiver league, especially go get two running backs. Because if running backs dry up after the, really the third, fourth round, you know what I'm saying? Still a couple more running backs, but if you get them that early, you kind of reach it. So, you know, just going to get you a good running back in that first round, and later on down, you can find good wide receivers. You find the Curtis Samuels in round seven. <laughs> round seven. So, you know, it you shows you. get them in round nine. Yeah, right. yeah. Right. I think because we started talking about him, that's when his I mean, ADP rose. You know, we the fantasy profits, man. Pretty people much, mean. ADPs rise when we talk about him. Who, who, who do people want us to talk about next? We make the ADP rise. Uh, <laughs> the, the Great White Hope. The Great White Hope, nah, bro. Fuck <laughs> that. I ain't about to talk about that. Right. Ain't nobody pinning that on me. Hey, I'm talking about him. I'm stamping him right here on this episode, the 11th episode. I'm stamping him. So that brings me to my point. I feel like I probably like beat the dead horse or however they say that saying. Um, y'all already know it. Y'all know what I'm going to say. Don't draft a quarterback early. There's no need to draft a quarterback, I would say, before the 10th round. There's plenty of value like the guys before me said. I'm not going to beat that over the head. At running back and wide receiver. And you can still end up in a one-quarterback lead with – let me just go through the names that let me just go through the names of quarterbacks that's going after the 10th round or in the 10th round. Number one, at 1002, you got Kyler Murray. 1004, you got J- Jameis Winston. Uh 1006, Lamar Jackson. 1103, Phillip Rivers. Let me see some other standouts. At we got Dak Prescott. At 1304. Kirk Cousins, and at 1307, Mr. Bisky. Where the Great White Hope? Where he at? 1808? The Great White Hope is that... <laughs> <in> the-, <laughs> the Great White Hope is going at 1401, ladies and gentlemen. You okay. can get the Great White Hope and potentially one of your last picks in the draft, and he's going to be a, a top 10 quarterback like he was last year. And all these quarterbacks that I mentioned, I think, were finished at QB1. I think they I had the QB one, yeah. They had QB one weeks. A lot except, of them. except except Kyler Murray, who's a rookie, but we all expected him with the running back cheat code that wide receivers. I mean that he's possessed as a running quarterback to finish as the um 
potentially top fifteen quarterback. I like it, but you know, I'm 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 antsy, bro. If I see uh, if I see uh, who I want, if I see golf at, at a nice seven to eight, man, I might take him, bro. I love golf this year, man. They they got a decent schedule, so that's probably like one of the only quarterbacks I'm gonna pull the plug on. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you you had to reach for golf going in seven to eight. He is going in like the uh, he's going at nine oh two right now. So yeah, you can golf like yeah. in the ninth round. You can wait and get yeah. okay. Like, Tavares so ninth round you get golf. I wouldn't mind pulling the trigger. Uh, in the yeah, ninth. I would pull the trigger in the ninth if something like golf fails to me because golf is my sixth rate quarterback right now. And yeah. looking at the current ADP according to fantasy football calculator. Andrew Luck is at 804 right now. Now, if I'm in a position to get Andrew Luck around the eighth, ninth round, I'm not, I would have to think about that because I think Andrew Luck is going to be healthy because I haven't heard any news that says he's not yet. They're still talking about – I feel like it would be in panic mode if Andrew Luck wasn't going to be ready week one. I think everybody's too calm for him not to be ready week one. And so just getting him in the eighth, ninth, I would, I would probably pull the trigger right there. I'm not going to lie. Looking at that ADP, just if, the, if it failed to me. You know. Yeah, I, yeah. You always got to take the value when it's presented. But mm-hmm. I mean, I, I cl- completely agree with you. Which I mean, you're pretty much saying that just don't reach for a quarterback, or yeah. you know, what I mean, don't feel the need to take a quarterback early, like if you don't have to. Because even know. if Andrew Luck failed to you and you scared about his injury, you could still get the great white hope in the 14th round. Yeah, that's and that's exactly like I've always did my strategy of like you know hammering out running back and receivers. But like when the quarterbacks are so deep. This year, like it makes that strategy even easier. Like they kind of yeah. play, you know, right into each other, bro. Like you think- got you got Josh Allen, who had a run as the number one overall quarterback, and he's going in the 14th round, bro. Talk like, that he's not gonna be the number one quarterback, but you know what his ceiling presents. Right. So like it just really does not make any sense to me. I completely agree with you to take a quarterback early. Great points. Great points, everybody. Everybody get points. Let's go ahead and get to some of the news and notes that happened between now, between, I guess, the last time y'all heard us on the podcast. So I guess without further ado, Zeke today, did it, report, did it get reported today or was it last night? I think it got reported today, right? Yeah, I think Where so. They reported that he, they off, the Cowboys offered him, which essentially was the number two contract under Todd Gurley. And Zeke apparently didn't like it. He feels like, he shouldn't get a penny less, and he went back to Cabo. Mm. Oh, wow, I didn't see that part, bro. That was yeah, yeah. that really happened. Yeah. <laughs> wow, bro. Yeah, he's tripping, bro. Yeah, hey, so they, they said it was like fourteen mil. So and, and girl, was like, I saw a report said it was thirteen. So they're offering Zeke thirteen mil a year, and Todd Gurley is getting like thirteen point seven five a year right now, and that's that's like that's how far apart they are right now. So are you scared to uh, – now, because I put my rankings out Wednesday, the 21st, and Zeke was still at my number one running back because I wasn't scared. But now I'm now getting – now I'm pressing the Zeke's panic button, and uh, he's going to move down now. Wow. I'm, I, I was actually worried more before. Now here, like – now here, like, oh, they threw some some numbers at, bro. So now here, like, hey, you know, we're going to throw something at you, and then we can talk and try to come in between there or something. So I feel more more confident now something's going to happen with me. With the news. That's how I feel. I, I'm more leaning towards the other side than, than that one. Yeah, true. Hey, Javar, where are you uh, picking at in, in Legends? Do you know? Who lead that is? 
my redraft league? Uh, seven. Seven. So if Zeke Foster, you at seven. Would you take him there? Mm, man, I've been thinking about it. Man, Shh, I'm like, you're on the clock right now, bro. Zeke's there. Do you take him? All right, just a little background info. I took Le'Veon Bell first pick last year. Luckily, it was Dynasty, so you know I sat, I didn't freak out that much. So with that saying, I might have to. I might have to pass, bro. I can't go. I can't go through that two years in a row. Yeah, I feel you. That's I feel you. Now, if I was a person that didn't go through it last year, I might be different. Like, no, nah, ain't nobody getting this value. I'm getting Zeke. But I think that I went through it last year. I don't know. I think that might be another one of my my points to new fantasy players but your first round pick man don't go don't take the risk i wouldn't i don't want to risk with my first round pick with my first round pick i wanted to be somebody i know that it's going to be in my lineup rain sleet snow or hell you know what i mean yeah definitely <laughs> so that's, that's yeah, why definitely i want to minimize risk early early so i feel you on that i still think okay. he's gonna play but just the fact that it's a chance that he doesn't play like like last yeah. like like javar said i took bell in the league last year bro Luckily, I got Connor, so I really didn't feel the effects of it too much in the same league. But it still sucks to have a, your first round pick just literally not play the whole year, bro. So. But that's crazy. Yeah. So for it to be a chance that he does that, bro, like, yeah, I could definitely, I wouldn't blame anybody for not taking him in the first round. Uh, so the next piece of news we got is Cam Newton last night during the game versus the Patriots. Apparently, according to Sleeper, Carolina Panthers uh, GM Marty Hurley said Cam Newton has a mild foot sprain in the left foot and will be cautiously optimistic he will be ready for week one, in quotation marks. Cautiously optimistic. Um, That does not sound reassuring. (laughs) What does that even mean? Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it just depends on – I mean, he's always been the one to quick to come back from injuries, like, pretty quick. Like, I mean, this dude literally got in a car accident and played that same yeah. But uh, – and then if you look at Dr. Chow, like, I don't know if y'all follow him on Twitter, but he, like, always be, like, commenting on players' injuries or whatever if they have, like, a video of it. And he didn't sound too worried, so I'm not really, um, you know, not too scared off by that. I was never on the cam going to be good after that shoulder thing anyway. So I'm still, I'm still, I don't really care about the foot as much because looking at, I saw the play, it didn't really look like nothing serious and it's still the preseason. So they're just going to be cautious with him anyway. I just want to see the shoulder cam Newton last night. He didn't throw over 15 yards. So I want to see those bombs that he was throwing like on, in training camp on video. That's what I want to see. That's what I'm more concerned about. You have a mobile phone, type in Cam Newton in spring training camp. Google it. I want to see it in the game. I don't want to see all them pity pat throw it to CMC. Throw it to the game. At least they got pads on, bro. They got pads on. I'm not saying he got pads on, but at the same time, bro, I want to see it in the game. Well, because of people like Gabe, go get Cam Newton late. He going to fall in value. Cam is going right now at 712. And when Cam plays 16 games or around 16 games, Cam Newton is top seven. You know, I'm not having Cam Newton in the eighth round. So getting Cam Newton in eighth round, and if he plays 16 games, you know you're getting a top seven, top five guy. So, man, with the foot, though, man, it's the foot. Man, he got two weeks. If it ain't that serious, hopefully he can work it out. You know, he got that NFL money program going on so, you know, in the freezer real quick bring it back out brandy 
Okay, yeah. So on to the next piece of news. Jordan Reed is being evaluated for a concussion last night. Hey, hold on. Uh, huh? I wanted to say this before you went on. It was some more news. I ain't. I just read uh, the Melvin Gordon news. That negotiation remained fluid. So that negotiation is not on halt. So they talking. So Melvin Gordon might be, you know. Breaking news. <laughs> Breaking news while we're talking about news. Wow. You don't have a drop for that. And I got to add, he in San Diego working out too. So he around the way. That's one of those holdout running backs, man. He already, his ADP already dropped, bro. He was going in the first round and he his shit done dropped. Oh, uh, yeah. Rounds already, bro. <laughs> what the fuck? A lot of people going to get value or they going to get hurt this year. Just put uh-huh. it like that. <laughs> Definitely. Melvin Gordon going at the back of the third right now at 312. The stupid value. Yeah, I'm, I don't I want to. yeah, I don't know how many games he's going. He's going to miss, bro. So it's just yeah, I'm cool. It depends on um, the game, man. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. On to news from Washington. Jordan Reed is being evaluated for a concussion. He suffered last night playing the Falcons. Um, I know a lot of people were high on Jordan Reed coming into this year, but apparently he's injured again. Nothing new there. Um. Yeah, just <laughs> On to news about another tight end um, out of Pittsburgh. Vance McDonald won't see any more snaps, uh, according to the Steelers' offensive coordinator. How y'all guys feel about that? Um, I mean, not too worried about it. I mean, you really, you know, I mean, you know, he's going to be out there for the pass play. That's really what that means when a you know tight end doesn't play all the snaps. It just really means he's not, not going to be out there on the running plays, and he's going to be out there on the passing plays. So. That's how I view it. So I still think he's going to be a beast this year. I got him as my like number seven tight end. So right after that big six, man. So I'm not really scared off by that. Yeah. You know, what, 60, 70, 70 other plays, passing plays, he out there. So, yeah, if he, you know, one of my, they're blocking, you ain't going to get no points anyway. So I can dig it. We'll see. Um, you know how I feel about tight ends. I feel like that's not, that's a streaming position anyway, so I, I don't feel too high about tight ends that's not going to finish top six. Well, see what it is, Gabe. You know, he has a chance to finish Antonio top Brown six. Brown is gone. I don't now. think he is. It's, it's, it's touches to go around. That's. I think he'll be a tight end too. According to our rankings, uh, six and six through twelve. A tight end. <laughs> yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, other news coming out of Cleveland. Coaches said that. Nick Chubb will be involved more in the passing game. Uh, in quotations, I think Chubb is going to be special like he was last year. He will be used a little more, a little bit more in the passing game than he was last year. Nick Chubb continues to improve on that skill set that he has, and I think he is a fantastic. And I think that he has a fantastic skill set. Chubb averaged an increased 2.9 targets on the 12. Point seven routes per game once Freddie Kitchens uh, took over for Hugh Jackson. So how do you guys feel about Nick Chubb now? Has he just shot up you guys' uh, rankings or what? Shit, I'm not shit. I'm about to take him running back one probably. (laughs) Boy, he's stupid. I mean, I had already raised him, man. Like, I like hearing it from the uh, coach, though, you know, to pretty much confirm what we've been, you know, thinking all along, especially when Duke, Duke Johnson got Traded away, you knew he was going to get a tick and yeah. uh, uptick in targets. Mm-hmm. But you know I, that's always been a question of mine. I I remember talking about when we talked about running backs or whatever that you know he's a great pass catcher, 
I mean, if you remember last year, he made that crazy ass like touchdown catch on that wheel route. Yeah, mm-hmm. awesome dude, bro. So <clears throat> I always knew he could catch, man, and it's good to hear that from the coach. I like it. I was I was already taking uh, Nick Chubb in the first round. Yeah, he's man. Like where? Like back at the first? Like if you have a late first, like that shit doesn't sound bad. Like in a like beginning of the you know draft season where the ADPs were still like all over the place. Like drafting in the back of the first man seemed, or having a late you know late round pick just seemed like hard this year, bro. But now that they done got a little more clear, man, I, I draft, wouldn't mind having a late pick. I draft tough in a gay league, but it's a two quarterback league. But still, I'm back there. It's it's like I may have a Julio, I may have a Mixon, but do I jump down Mixon to get Chubb? It's so each, right? Yeah. It's intense back there a little bit, just a little bit. Sure. Nick Chubb is currently going at 110. So, <clears throat> yeah, like I said, I'm taking him in the first round. Um, other running back news we got coming out of Kansas City. A little hype train news. Of the Kansas City Chiefs has uh, apparently jumped Carlos Hyde in the 53-man roster. And now, like I said before, I think we prophesied if you go back on that. <clears throat> what episode it was, I forgot, but I said that Carlos Hyde might not make the team. Yeah. So it's looking like Carlos Hyde is not going to make the team this year. And um, Darwin Thompson is getting first team reps on the goal line. And he's doing great in pass blocking right now. That's right, right. There, That's so. the thing. Andy Reid is a part. So does does that make you feel? Let me say. Let me. How, how do I pose this question? Are you more scared to draft Damian Will Damian Williams now, or are you just think that Darwin Thompson has his own standalone value? I, I feel more confident now. When you know High was in there, I was kind of like, ah, but now just because you can you can draft Williams, and then wait, 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 and draft Williams again. I mean, when draft Darwin. Uh, so you think Darwin Thompson has his own standalone value, or you think he's gonna take over the starting role? I don't, maybe not this year. I, I got to see. No, I nah, yeah. See. I, I mean, Darwin Thompson's good. He's like, he's been looking good in preseason. He'd be looking great. And if he gets the starting job, yes, that dude is going to be RB1. But like I've been saying all along, bro, I wasn't scared off when they signed Hyde. And I'm not going to be scared off now that he's the handcuff, bro. Like, I think he will be used a little bit. You know, I mean, Andy Reid's a great offensive mind. So he's going to, you know, pick his spots. Um, but I don't think he'll be fantasy relevant as long as um, Damian Williams is healthy. But I'm coming around, I might, with the, ch- the high news, I'm coming around, I'm, I might be on the Williams train, man. A lot of people, man, I, I, I personally have moved down on Damian Williams because I don't even want a part of anybody talking about like a RBC like that. So I'm just, like I said before, if I'm going to like really my first two rounds, I just don't want anything that's a maybe. You know what I mean? And in my head, that's a maybe right now. So I, I mean, you got I, the you got the you know the coach speak, and then you got the usage. And yeah, the usage true. showed Damian Williams getting out of first team snaps. So that you is know, in line. Against- and not only did that happen, it is it's in line with what uh, Andy Reid's been doing for the longest. So, but we got to see week three. This is week three. They play again, so we'll see what they do um, Saturday. Yeah. They play Saturday or they play today? Uh, I think they play tomorrow. Okay, so we'll see what they do tomorrow on Saturday. Yeah. Um, the last bit of news we got 
coming out of Tampa Bay is Mike Evans got hurt on August the 21st, and he will sit out the rest of the preseason. So today's game and next week's game, were no, he wasn't prepared to play anyway. So um, how do you guys feel about that? They say it's a, a minor quad or groin issue. Uh, we're waiting on more um, news to get out. The Bucks report that it's not a big deal. How do you feel about it, Carlos? Um, just right in line with all these, a lot of these other injuries. As long as there ain't no major injury, I'm not going to be scared off by it. Um, you see in the off season still, and they only got preseason games right now, so he'll have enough time to rest. And you know, if it's you know they're practicing for week one and he's still missing practice time, then I might get a little worried. But as of now, man, I'm not, I'm not worried about it. I think he got enough time to rest. We had this argument uh, earlier if uh, growing was a lingering issue, so. <laughs> You know, we we really didn't come to yeah. there. I mean, I think it could it could linger in the year if a if a guy's trying to hurry up and get back out there, you know, and play. But in the preseason where games don't matter, I think he has time to rest it up and be ready for the start of regular year. Yeah, draft him at his ADP, guys. Yeah, I mean, I, like like I said, I don't want to argue about it. So I just think that if it's Mike Evans who's going at two hundred eight, or Adam Thielen who's going at two ten, or Antonio Brown, who's going at 211, like I said before, I want to take the one who I don't feel is the most risk right now. And I'm drafting this weekend, so I would go with Adam Thielen. You know, over I would take Adam Thielen over Mike Evans just off of that. That's just how I think. And that, mm. in that group, I'm taking a B, even even. No, I am not. I don't, I'm off of That AB. is literally the opposite yeah. of what Gabe was just saying. Brain <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the clown show over to my team, bro. You can have him. Yeah. Um, that was the last bit of news I got. Um, anybody else got anything? Nope. Nope. So on to the Monday night game that we didn't talk about. We were recording during. So the big things we got coming out of the Monday night game, San Francisco 49ers versus the Denver Broncos. On the San Francisco side of the ball, I know you all know by now that Jimmy G looked horrible, and that was his first show since the injury. He went one for six with an interception. So – I guess a lot of people were talking earlier during the offseason that Jimmy G was like a, a late round sleeper, you know what I'm saying? Somebody to like look forward to because he's going to be playing in Kyle Shanahan's offense. And we all know that that's an explosive offense. Do you think like that was just a little bit of rust or you think he's coming back? It could be. Then like a couple of balls. Like, bat it down or something. Yeah, it was a lot of balls. Yeah, like two. So, you know. With a couple balls batted down and one like he ain't throw, you know, them two passes that we really don't shouldn't count because he ain't throw it when you see, you know, the receiver could have caught it or not. But still, no, no, he threw it. No, no, no. He threw he it a lot of times. He got picked off and everything. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. He no, it ain't no excuse for that. Yeah. It's, it's tough to see what wide receiver to get on the team. Is it? Is it? You know, you hearing some hurt. You still got Goodwin there. Then you got Debo. And you got Pettis, so you know it really sucked for fantasy purposes because I'm trying to see what wide receiver I want on that team, and and last week didn't help me, me or anybody at all. I think beginning of the of the preseason we were like, oh man, we don't know which running back we want, and everybody was like, oh, we want Dante Pettis, and that's the wide receiver we want, you know what I mean? And now preseason is okay. We know what we kind of like. Everybody's like figuring out which kind of running back we want. We know it's either going to be Tevin Coleman or uh, 
Matt Burita, who both had five snaps. Uh, Tevin Coleman looked good. He went three for 21 yards. Now is who is going to be the wide receiver, like Javar said. Uh, Dante Pettis is not stepping up to the plate. He's sliding down in ADP. He's going in the eighth round now. Uh, like you said, we got two rookies. Who knows what rookies are going to be? Marquise Goodwin is back out of nowhere, and we know how fast he is. But now Jimmy Johnson going one for six. Like, are you scared of that San Francisco Jimmy offer? Garoppolo. Jimmy Drew. What did I call him? <laughs> you call that nigga Jimmy Johnson, boy. <laughs> Wow. Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know what I'm saying? He does that scare you off of the offense? Uh, nah. nah, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, Jimmy G, I don't know. It's, I don't want to buy too much in it because it's preseason and that I don't did he play in, in any of the other preseason games or the first yeah. preseason game? That was his first time playing since yeah. So yeah, I mean, it could be rust, man. He, he you know, sometimes with that ACL, it takes a while for players to get that confidence, you know, to step into throws and shit, man. So but, it could but be I, that. I give him a pass now, man. But if he goes out there again, it looks like shit again. Yeah, right? There is, there is, gonna, is he going to come out? You think he's going to play week three? Well, he has to play, huh? He has to now, bro. He has, yeah, he has to. You can't shove him after that. Yeah, he was looking like shit. Really, um, you know they're trying to tank again for somebody if they do that shit. <laughs> like, yeah, you're good, bro. You had no, they played they Jimmy. They played. They already. They traded like picks for Jimmy G. They they invested in Jimmy G. And yeah, they, they gave traded him a second money. round for him. Yeah, and they gave him some money though. They gave him some money. Just another fucking um, Patriots quarterback that looks like a bum somewhere else. Except Brissett. Brissett's like the best. He, nah, he, nah, 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 he he I won't give him a bum tag. Well, I'm saying it's well, looking he got like he, he, looking he, like. he, he was decent before he got injured. Yeah, he was decent. Name a weapon. All I'm, all, I'm, all I'm saying is just refer to. Um, Matt, Matt Castle. Castle. So, nah, um, you know Matt Castle, bro. He can't last year. What he we'll know yet. We don't know yet. We don't know. Jury's still out. Jury's still out. And this he year he played six games, and he played six games against teams that didn't have no tape on him. So we'll wait. Well, the jury's still out on Jimmy. That looks better than he does so far in the backup row. Who? Uh, Jacoby Brissett. Like oh, some yeah. of the Patriots quarterbacks. Definitely. Definitely. Jacoby Brissett looks great. Been the same offense since a grade. <laughs> we had um Joe Flacco looking great. He went seven for eleven for fifty-nine yards. And we had the the old man looking a little bit young. Uh Emmanuel Sanders coming back from that torn Achilles. Uh he had a roundabout that went for 15 yards or so, and he had a, a big catch that got called back, I think. How do you guys feel about Emmanuel Sanders? Did that make y'all feel away about him? That's another one of those crazy, bro. I literally took him off my draft board, bro, because I was like, bro, a 32-year-old receiver coming back from Achilles. Like, you look at uh, Deontay Foreman, bro. Like, he got cut. He signed on a new team. He's on IR now. Like, he's never recovered from that shit. You got Emmanuel Sanders out here fucking beasting eight months after he he tore his Achilles, bro. This shit is crazy, bro. That's a miracle. That's what you call a miracle right there. I remember... uh, one time you was uh, arguing with me, Gabe, about Cam and Luck injury is similar. It's going to take time. It's like everybody healed differently. And this is a prime example that everybody else healed differently because bro looks like he, you know, he, yeah, he, did, he, looked like, good. he looked good. I still don't, I, I'm not, I don't mean, I, I, whatever. I will take him as a flyer. I guess he's going in, the, he's going at 904 right now. He's going around the same price as. Sammy Watkins, Sterling Shepard, and Corey Davis. Who would you want out of those? I'd say you look like the best wide receiver on the Broncos team. And Flacco. Who like those four? Yeah, yeah, I think I might take Emmanuel right there, bro. Right. Flacco like the Sterling Shepard. Yeah. 
Stella Shepard just never did anything for me, bro. Like, I don't know, man. It just I don't know why I just never bought into him, bro. Uh, let me tell you a little stat real quick, Gabe. You know, Flacco loves to go deep, and he was accurate last year going deep with John Brown, and Emmanuel Sanders is a deep ball, uh, you know, wide receiver, quick, quick receiver. So I feel like that's a good matchup. He's going to be John Brown in a different uniform for Flacco. We'll see. He he didn't play a whole game, so we'll we'll see. I'm not. I don't want to talk bad on him because what he did was amazing. You always make me sound like the, the bad guy. <laughs> nah, bro, you good? No, I'm just saying. I'm just like Devontae Foreman. No, no, I'm with Say it. Hello with to it. the bad guy. I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm with it. Emmanuel Sanders, congratulations for coming back. Yeah. Uh, hope you, wish you well. Right. You won't be on my, none of my teams this year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be fine to see you prosper on somebody right. else's team. Exactly. I feel that way about a lot of players, though. Like, I would like to see them, like, do good, but just not on my team because I don't want them to take that risk. But, but, I mean, definitely not against me. How mad yeah, would you Not be, against me and not on my team. But how how mad would you be if Emmanuel Sanders beat you? That's what I just said. I don't want – I just – I literally just said I don't want him playing against me and I don't want that. <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> All right, well, without further ado, man, I love this show. Hold on, so uh, I think it was a straight even down the split too for uh, Royce Freeman and uh, Philip Lindsay. Oh yeah, oh, talk about them. Yeah. Of course, Carlos, don't let us get out of here without talking about Royce Freeman. Yeah, you already know. It was weird that it was running like you know, giving Royce runs to Lindsay and Lindsay runs to Royce. You yeah, know, trying, trying to get work. Royce out in space, and yeah, definitely. I mean, and the coach, I think they, they, I saw somewhere on Twitter where they were saying like the coach had said that he was going to be putting them in situations where they were uncomfortable in, you know, just seeing how they did. You know, this is preseason, so that's what you want to see. They hey, both right. had, I mean, Royce didn't do shit. Like, he got tackled behind the line of scrimmage a few times. Uh, he did have a nice, uh, one good run along with uh, Philip Lindsay. He had one good run. But, you know, man, this shit's going to piss me off, bro. Devontae Pooker's used like he is, bro. Like, yeah, man, bro. It's, it's looking like it's going to be that again, bro. Like, Yeah, that shit was gross. That's It's going to be really weird to see Devontae Booker being trotted out there on third down, bro. Like, like the, is that what that they scare me, bro. So oh, you dressing Devontae Booker? Do you put him no. on? No. Hell no. If he's a third down back and he can 70 receptions, that's a flex play, right? You better not get 70 receptions. Bro, no, yeah. Because if he had, if he gets 70 receptions, that means he got like fucking 80 or 90 targets, bro. Like, no. I mean, but I'm pretty sure he made 70 targets. targets not not 70 even that, bro. Because, I mean, that, Royce and, and, and Philip Lindsay is still going to be used on third down. They're going to feel more. Like, yeah, but I'm saying, like, just to have him coming out there anytime. Uh, yeah. Somebody, somebody taking away from targets or snaps that could be there. Because I think it's going to be. Like we like I was saying before, more of a fifty-fifty split, man. Yeah, yeah, I agree. We ain't got to argue about Lindsay and Rush no more. That that argument has died down in our. We've been going all summer. Right. <laughs> Both of y'all too, boy. First it was Gabe, then Javard. It's like, bro, <laughs> who next? Who won it? I'm waking up at seven o'clock, going to work. Ding, ding, ding. Royce, <laughs> Royce article. Check right. out. <laughs> Look at this <laughs> So let's give let's give the guys we talked about what we want we don't want to do um in the beginning of the draft. So let's give the listeners something to look for toward the end of the draft. So today we want to get into two players each. We're gonna go two players each on 
players that went that are going currently ADP after the tenth round that we believe will be valuable flex plays or even higher. So we're going to start with who we want to start with, guys. Mm. Uh, I, I, I go ahead. I go yeah, first. Go so um, my first player I want to talk about is Anthony Miller. When I did this, he had an ADP of eleven oh four. So when you look at Miller, he had a lot of you know not a lot. He had a couple roadblocks last year. The first was uh, he admitted to you know some difficulty in learning the playbook with Matt Nagy. You know Matt Nagy got a little complicated playbook. Um, so that was one, and then he had a dislocated shoulder. Like he dislocated his shoulder like five, six times, bro, last year. I did not hear about that. Yeah, and but the the reason why you didn't hear about it, bro, is because he toughed it out, and he still played fifteen games. Even with all that, he still managed to lead the team in touchdowns with seven. Um. That's crazy. He had five in he had uh eight end zone targets, one less, um, one short of A Rob, but he scored five end zone touchdowns compared to uh, A Rob's three. So he converted more. Mitch also had a 117.5 QB rating when targeting Miller last year. That was the 13th highest in the league. So you're getting a quarterback, I mean a, a receiver that's you know, in his rookie year, he was hurt. He didn't know the playbook like that, and he still managed to lead the team in touchdowns and still gave Mitch the highest QB rating when he was targeting him. Hmm. And then you add the fact that, uh, according to reception perception, he had a 72.6% success rate against men and an 81% success rate against zone. And, you know, when you look at slot receivers, like, they're not always good, you know, like superb. Well, I don't know. I guess uh, – you got some good route runners out there, but they don't really they don't really go deep. He scored a t- um, in his top percentile on the nine route and the post route. You know, those are really routes that the X receiver runs. So you got a slot receiver that could take the top off. Um, when you look at his targets of 20 more uh, 20 or more yards down the field, he scored more touchdowns than Gabriel and a Rob last year, even though he only had 12 targets downfield compared to their 2019. So. Now you got this year he's coming in. Um, he is dealing with a little ankle injury, but they say he should be straight to start the year. And even if he's not, even if he starts off slow, like you're getting a receiver in the 11th round who has a chance to lead his team in touchdowns and targets this year. That's my uh, late round target, my first one. I like Screaming value, screaming value, man. Huh. I like it. Well, I got you were saying before, like all these wide receivers that's in the draft, you have somebody who led their team in red zone targets, and we know that's the most important thing in fantasy football is touchdowns because they cost the most points, you know? Yep, exactly. Well, yeah, what you're saying is Miller time. Only thing I don't like is it's a lot of weapons on that team. They spread the ball, but you know. That's a, you know that's the only thing I don't like. It's a lot of weapons, so you don't know who's gonna get the touches each week. But the great thing about it is they do have that good defense that they're going to keep the ball. So it's going to be a lot of opportunities for everybody. He's the red zone threat now. It's Robinson's second year coming back from his uh, major injuries. So we'll see how Robinson bounce back. But I like yeah. it. Yeah, he just has that upside, you know what I mean? But yeah, that's what looking so for. you can pick your spots where you want to play him. You know what I mean? You're not forced to, you know, force him in your lineup. Yeah. But. He has that upside, and that's really what I want to fill my bench up is just upside players. Let me ask yeah. you. That's really what you're looking for is the upside picks. All these are like upside. These are not, I don't think any of the players we're name are going to be like starters. They might be able to start a week or two here or there, but this is just where you're looking for that upside 
in late in the draft. Exactly. So could he eventually be there, number one? Um, I mean, you, you always want to have that X receiver. You know, he plays a lot of the slot. So I don't think he'll ever be that alpha number one, but I definitely believe he could be number one in terms of, like, targets. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, you definitely need A-Rob out there to take the pressure off him. I mean, that's what I meant. But, yeah, okay. Yeah, you know, top and targets. Yeah, I can see that. Who is uh, your player, Javar? Well, you know, I'm going to go with a running back right here. I might have spoke him up a couple episodes ago, but I couldn't go really clear in depth with all I wanted to say about my boy. So coming in as my player is Matt uh, Brita. You know what I'm saying? Hey. <laughs> I didn't say Brita before because, you know, when he running in football, he flows smooth as water. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, throughout I'm calling MB. I like to put a little, little swag on. But, you know, MB was expected to compete for the number three job with McKinnon. And now McKinnon ain't even practicing, so things are opening up. It's looking mighty fine for MB right now. He's on the rise since McKinnon's still on the shelf. Uh, last year, Matt Berta was San Francisco's best running back. Now Tevin Coleman come in. He's declared number one. For right now, but it, it's, uh, it's, uh, uh. it's going to be a committee. It's going to be enough touches to go around because Tevin Coleman hasn't really went over like 200 touches in his career. So with that saying, last year, Matt Britta scored 12 points in 7 of 14 games. And in these games, he played 50% of snaps in 5 of 7 of these games. And he also scored 12 points in PPR in these five or seven games he played 50% in. And this is just this plan. He don't need the volume to be relevant because he isn't efficient. So with Tevin Coleman being trotted out there first at the beginning of the game, don't let that scare you away because Fred is still going to get his touches. He's still going to be efficient. So don't let the committee uh, scare you away. Oh, don't let me forget to mention he was ranked fourth in yards per carry last year at 5.3, and he finished running back 24 and was a quality running back two. The only concerns was the health issue, but he plays through everything. If his leg cut off, he going to stick a pole in there and he going to run out there. <laughs> <laughs> first down for you. That's, that's, just, that's just his mind, Frank. He's a little guy, but he got a big heart, and I love it. And mm. on top of that, Shanahan is a great play caller. He scores lots of points. So Fred is going to be in position to score some points. He knows how to deploy his running backs by committee, as we have seen in Atlanta. He did a little sum in uh, where he was before Atlanta, Washington. So he knows how to utilize running backs. And Shanahan also runs the ball 400-plus times a game. (laughs) And And he knows how to get his playmakers in place so they can do what they came to do. And that's excite people. So go get Britta when you can. Did you say where his ADP was? His ADP is ten zero one. Yeah, it rolls. It rolls two spots. It's nine twelve. So yeah, it's still back of the night. See, yeah. I'm definitely on Britta too. He's like the Anthony. He's like the Anthony Miller of running backs, bro. Like he he like seems like he went out of the game every game last year, but he and- came back and finished the game. So, but um, I don't. Did you say I don't think he's the? I wouldn't say he's the superior back to Tevin Coleman. 
He didn't say that. Tevin. He said oh. Tevin Coleman is, but I think I don't think. Well, okay. Okay. superior okay. is a subjective of words. I think that he is definitely going to be, like I said before in previous episodes, the Devonta Freeman of that my Kyle Shanahan offense. I think we might see Tevin Coleman trotted out there early, like early in the season, and we're going to see what we saw last year. Tevin Coleman um, needing spell, and we're going to see Matt Burita, like we said last year, thriving Kyle Shanahan's offense, and it's going to be hard to keep him off the field. But th- yeah, that's when they both they both thrived in Shanahan's offense. This is true, but I just think it's going to be hard to keep Matt Burita off the field. Well, definitely, and then when you look back at the last game, like you mentioned already, like they both had five snaps with the ones. So yeah. like just the fact that I mean talent wise, they're they're both great running backs. Let's just put it like that. Right. The fact that he's going at nine twelve and he got the same amount of snaps with the ones as Tevin Coleman, man, like that is a screaming value, bro. It never like adjusted since Jared mm-hmm. McKinnon left. You know what I mean? So like if he's still going, like when these weekend drafts kick off in the back of the ninth round, early tenth, bro, like that's crazy. That's yeah, stupid value. Uh, you might need to get him a little earlier. Might, eighth round might be right for him or early ninth. Yeah, so you miss out on a running back and a running back, a good running back two, and you got a James White or something. I'm not saying James White not a good running back two, but you got a James White going, coming back around the eighth round, getting a Britta as your running back three. That's not a bad idea. Let's go. That's probably my running back five by that point, boy. I'll tell you, I'll be playing no games. Like I said, I'll be well, I just I'll just hammer out running back and receiver, bro. So he's speaking one of the of, targets. Yeah, definitely. He's definitely on my target list. Speaking of one of uh another guy that's on my target list, uh Michael Gallup. Uh when I did it, his ADP was twelve oh eight, is now twelve oh four, so it went up four uh four spots. Uh Michael Gallup last year, he was a rookie. Um so his stats were like uh like I said before, like you can't really expect a rookie to come in and like blow the roof off unless you like elite elite like Randy Moss, etc. Um but as the season progressed he got better. So in the beginning of the season, this is like pre Amari Cooper also. Twenty two targets, ten receptions, hundred and ninety yards and one touchdown. Uh people thought people uh that might not know as much about the stats or look as too much into the details of the stats might think that Michael Gallup's numbers went down when Amari Cooper got there, but it's the exact opposite. Uh post Amari Cooper stats, he had 46 targets, 23 receptions, three 317 yards. He didn't score any touchdowns, but that's still um plenty of production um from week seven to week seventeen. And they had a bye week nine. So that's what nine weeks, and he had forty six uh, targets. So if that if you put that over a seventeen game span, he would have had almost eighty plus targets. And with Amari Cooper being currently hurt right now and the Zeke drama going on, I think he's entitled to more targets. Now I would be more down on him if Amari Cooper doesn't start Week One because I just don't think he can beat the number one coverage on the wide. You know what I mean? I don't want to see him go against number one coverage. I think his value is him going against the number two coverage with uh, number one coverage and double coverage being drawn to a Mark Cooper side of the ball. I think he'll see a lot more um, targets with the new uh, offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, coming in. They're expected to throw the ball around a lot more, and I think he's just going to take that natural second two second year leap as a wide receiver as he feels more comfortable in the offense. Yeah, I like it, man. I like it. And I definitely agree with that. He he definitely benefits from having Amari Cooper take that pressure away from him, man. So 
And he's going super late. What'd you say he's going? Uh, twelve oh four right now. Twelve oh four. That is crazy, bro. That's crazy. He's going to put he, up. He's wide made a, You say what? I think he's going to put up wide receiver two numbers, and he's going in the twelfth round. Yeah, he definitely has a shot, man. I don't know if they'll pass the ball enough for him to put up wide receiver two numbers, but I definitely not, think he can flirt with that. Here. I definitely think he can flirt with wide receiver, wide receiver two numbers, though. Like, saying, definitely on giving weeks too. Okay. I'm saying a couple of weeks. I'm saying throughout the, throughout a couple of weeks. I think he'll fit, definitely finish as a wide receiver too. He'll definitely finish as a top twenty four wide receiver. Yeah. I would say maybe thirty forty percent of the weeks of the of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I can see it, man. I can see it. That's a healthy person to put, to pick and plug against uh, certain matchups. I think. Just look out those weeks when uh old boy got to play a number uh number one corner. Then that's when uh, Gallup, you know, probably is going to get a lot of touches. Yeah. I don't know Mark Cooper going to be, you know, doing a good Mark- damage to a n- number one corner. So. Yeah. Like one of those elite corners is what he mean. Like one of those top 10 cornerbacks uh, versus wide receiver type deals. Uh, you know, I ain't really that high on Cooper. I, I, I like the guy, but, you know, he just inconsistent. Fantasy purpose. Watch true. the tape, Javar. Watch the tape. But his route running is elite. I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting. Hey, you already know my take. He's the only thing that I'm not There's Brian on the way, ranked 18 with a uh, Dak, with a uh, dunk it off Dak. So, you know, that it's just the situation with the quarterback and the offense. That's why I'm kind of like, I'd rather get somebody else. Than he is the number one on the team, but, bro, they got a great O line. It's run the ball, Dak run the ball too. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, when when Dez was out there, that dude was already on his last leg. Yeah, he so, was all he was, and, and, he, and he still finished as a wide receiver eighteen. So I mean, Dez is not half of the route runner that Amari Cooper is. He was uh, he was at the end of his at the end of, at the end of his run. He still put up some productive years. Dez was not that He had his great years with uh, Tony Romo. Bro, chill, y'all making it seem like Dez was fist age out there with. With that, this was. I mean, when you look at him play, I mean, some players like break down quicker than others. Like you see him now, like he's not even in the league no more. So yeah, I do that. So Carlos, who's your second player? All right, uh, I just want to say um, before I get into this, like a lot of people might be, you know, expecting to hear certain names that's been popular already among the community, like Darwin Thompson and Justice Hill. Like, those are players, I feel like if you've been doing research, you know, like, who these players yeah. are already. So, right. they're already in your mind as late-round targets. So, we wanted to give you some names that, you you know, haven't really been talked up and, you know, talked about a lot lately. So, um, with that being said, my next guy is uh, Duke Johnson. Uh, when he, when I first ripped this up, uh, he was going at 10.02. His ADP has jumped almost around since then. So, that's insane to me. He's going at 9.04 now. Um, but... When he wrote this, and that was only like two days ago, so that's crazy, bro. That just goes to show when we talk about somebody, the motherfuckers rise. But uh, so yeah, so I think he has a uh, legit, uh, a legit chance to win the job over uh, Lamar Miller. But at worst, he'll still have standalone value. You know what I mean? So um, because you for that, he'll have that standalone value because of what he brings to the passing game. He was uh, had the third highest average depth of target among um, running backs who got at least 60 targets, 13th in yards per reception, and 10th in yards per route run run among running backs. Um, so although he's a great passing running back, that's you know many 
people fail to realize that he was the leading rusher of all time, or he still is the leading rusher of all time of Miami. That's no slouch college. Um, last year, also, he was 10th in yards per carry with 503. Third in yards after contact per carry with 4.1. First in avoided tackles per attempt. And uh, fourth in points per touch with 1.5. Third among running backs who got at least 40 carries in elusive rating. He was the third highest elusive running back last year with 95. Um, and just for reference, Lamar Miller's elusive rating, according to PFF, is uh, 46. Uh, 37th among all running backs. So I don't know about you guys, but that don't sound like a passing down running backs numbers, bro. Like, I think he's been used as a passing down running back. Um, But that doesn't mean that he can't shoulder that load. And I'm not saying this to say that he's just going to come in there and take the job. I'm just saying if Lamar Miller goes out there and is just what he's been is what I think he is, is a jag. I think uh, Duke Johnson being the third highest elusive running back in the league, I think he's going to go out there and make plays and pop bigger plays than him. And I think he's just going to force his way into that number one role. But at the you know worst case scenario, like I said, you're still going to have one of the best passing down running backs um, going right now in the ninth. But he people still might be sleeping on him if you're drafting the home leagues. You might still be able to get him in the tenth. I can dig. I think his worth is more now that he left uh, Cleveland because he, you know, there's not a back as good as Chubb out there, so he may actually get some some uh, more rushes along with his passes. So yeah, I can dig. Yep. Do yep. you still see? So where do you see Lamar Miller finishing at? I mean, I still had him outside of top twenty. Shit, I think I have him outside of top thirty. So yeah, he might be. Yeah, he might. He's he's falling. I mean, I don't know. He's I don't know. Lamar Miller's always been tricky for me, man. He just doesn't have upside, bro. So I never really look to take him. Now with this, he a little hope, man. He consistent. No, he just don't get enough. I don't want consistent. You know, I mean, Lamar Miller's numbers will get you a a third place finish real quick, boy. So. I mean, it could work if you got a whole bunch of other upside players in your lineup and you just need that consistency. But I'm saying that if he does just put up those, you know, average numbers, bro, right. I think Duke Johnson will have, a, you know, a lane to come in there and take that job. I, I, don't, I don't want Miller as my running back, too. Even though some people have him, have had him there, and they probably want to ship. I just it, – it, there's no upside there, like Carlos said. And he don't score enough touchdowns. Yeah. All right. So who's your second player then, bro? Oh, my second player is downtown John Brown. <laughs> there you go. Him, <laughs> but downtown Brown, it should have taken to the dance. You know what I'm saying? All right, I ain't going to go that far. But he can help your team. As you're taking the number one wide receiver on the Bills team in double-digit rounds. The Bills didn't make flashy pickups this offseason, but they did get better. It's impossible. It's possible you can say that Brown will be a low end wide receiver too, if healthy. You know, saying if he played at least fourteen games. So mm-hmm. far, he has been the best wide receiver in camp by a mile, and he could turn Jeff Allen bombs into touchdown dances. So, out of two hundred and fifteen of Brown's career receptions, how many went for twenty plus yards, guys? Just, just throw out a number, Brown. Don't say 10. Don't say 15. Just you said out of how many? 215 targets 
215 career receptions, how many went for 20-plus yards? 85. Yeah, I was going to say around 80. No, not that. Not damn. Not that much. <laughs> you guys ruined it. You ruined it. <laughs> right, 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 right. Let's, let's just divide that by two. Just tell us the number. <laughs> <laughs> Look, just messed up my whole take, guys. <laughs> I was like, boy, I'm ready, boy. I'm about to drop right, this right. nigga, goddamn. <laughs> I thought it was 82. You almost sold me, boy. I was like, shit. <laughs> All right, now, before he went for 40 for 20 plus yards. That's still decent. And out of uh, out of these uh, 40, 13 went for 40 plus yards. Did I mention he plays for a QB that loves to go downtown where Brown lives? What's that? What's his name? What's his name? His name is the Great White Hope. Yes, exactly. So on his team. <laughs> wow. Right. Awesome. All right. But picture this, guys. In 2018, with Flacco as QB, Brown led the league in targets of 20 yards or more. Allen led the league in percentage of passes thrown 20 yards or more last year. You know, and it's just crazy why people don't really draft him. Brown is just one of those guys that people ignore because we know or think we know his ceiling. But whereas this guy has been legit when he has played on the field. And um, we could just talk a little about the gameplay. You know they're going to get a ball to Josh Allen, let him scramble with scramble, big plays open up. Who he going to throw to? Downtown Brown, baby. So I know this guy is not the greatest. He's not in the greatest offense, and he doesn't stay healthy. But stats show when targeting on the field, he produces, and he's successful when he's downtown dancing. I like it. I love it. And this is another thing I add. He was – like you said, he was a wide. You said it's possible he'll finish back in our wide receiver too if he stays healthy. He was in fact the wide receiver twenty in the games that Joe Flacco started at quarterback for the Ravens. So it, it, the numbers show it, and you know what I mean, like like that. And that stat, bro, I don't think people we need to realize that stat you said. He led in targets over twenty yards last year, and Josh Allen threw the most passes twenty yards down the field last year. Like the most percent of his passes, like that is a match made in Buffalo heaven, bro. And you put him in double digits, bro. Twelve point eleven, like that's crazy. And bro, can be a wide receiver three, even more. Yeah, it was a great flex play, especially if you play the matchups. You know, it's a great flex play with a great uh, streaming quarterback. He's just a born player that's going to, you know, be consistent and legit for you, bro, that people don't want to take because he's that, you know, player that everybody, you know, has seen for five, six years. And the injury. But, yeah. Yeah. I definitely – I love John Brown at the end of drafts, bro. So, another player uh, to end the episode, my player, he has also injury concerns. Really just after this season, he's coming back – but he's having rave reports out of camp. He's a second-year quarterback, Sam Donald's favorite retar- uh, favorite target this offseason. As reports from training camp go, his name is Jamison Crowder. He's currently going at 12.03 when I wrote this last night, but uh, this morning he's going at 11.12. So there's one pick before the 12th round. Um, the first preseason game, he had two catches for 31 yards and a touchdown. Uh, so that just shows you that he was just—he's just targeted 
Uh, he caught both of his targets. He was targeted twice. Uh, he's dealt with injuries, like I said, last year in Washington. Uh, the two years before, he received 90-plus targets both years and was a solid flex play. Adam Gates has been quoted to say that he wants Jameson Crowder to receive 70 to 90 uh, targets this year. So that just fills him in perfectly for what he's already the role uh, he's made for. He, he plays in the slot, and we all know slot uh, receivers see – uh, less coverage than um, the outside receivers, the X receiver. So we already know he's just going to be uh, peddled with targets. I can see him getting 95 plus targets this year. Actually, um, he sh- has showed the touchdown upside in 2016. He finished with seven touchdowns last year. He didn't finish with as much. He finished with three, but like I said, he was injured. Um, <clears throat> and another little note with Chris Herndon being out uh the tight end for the uh, Jets, who everybody expected to have a big uh, year this year. He's been out for the first four games, so that frees up for four games uh, targets that were going to Chris Hernan and red zone targets that were going to Chris Hernan to go to the slot receiver. He, The slot receiver eventually becomes the safety bl- the safety net, the safety blanket, as the tight end would be, you know? And so I think um, Robbie Anderson would still obviously be the wide receiver one on that team, and he would obviously finish higher than him, but Going in the bottom of the eleventh round, I think that Jameson Crowder. Anything you can get, if you can get any player getting above seventy-five, ninety targets um, in the seven in the eleventh round, I think that's just great value right there. Yeah, and I mean it's just you know sometimes it's just about connecting the dots, bro. Like the same thing, I you know you connect the dots about Josh Allen and John Brown last year. Then you connect the dots about Sam Darnold. Like, if you remember, Quincy Anua was very valuable playing that slot role in the beginning of the year. Yep. And I don't think they really want him to play the slot. I think they moved him around more or, like, they just went away from him at yeah. the end of the year. Yeah. But now they that you have a legit outside. slot receiver for Sam Darno, like, he's going to be Quincy Anua plus if he's healthy. So, I, I like think that. that's just the, I wrote that. That's the only thing I got on him. Like, if, as long as he's healthy, I think he's going to be the guy, you know, in yeah. the slot. Gabe. Great, great take. I love Crowder when um, him and Cud, when Cousins was in Washington with him, he was yeah. always my go-to guy in late rounds. I know he wasn't going to play the whole year, but I, I know he potentially he potentially could win me some games or or, or at least in front of flex spot. He'll, he'll yeah. win you some games from yeah, the flex finished, spot for sure. Now, now you're, you're talking about 2016. He actually finished as a wide receiver too. So and every, yeah. right. well, 2016 where he had the seven touchdowns. So, yeah. like I said, if as long as he's healthy and he gets those 90-plus targets and he catches, what, 65, 70 of them and has four-plus touchdowns, I feel like that's a solid flex play. Yeah. You're getting him in the 11th round. I agree, man. Crowder. Yeah, Crowder. a little money. They signed him after they said they, – they after they signed NUR, then they signed Crowder, follow the money. They're going to use it. I feel like it's a shame that the guy that got the name of Chowderhead in our league, don't have a nigga named Crowder on his team, bro. Crowder, like that's a shame. Crowder, yo, and I know, I know these people are our league mates out here listening and shit, man. Like, what if we like put this episode out, but like every time we say the name, bro, we just you just hear a beep. <laughs> <laughs> yo, y'all got motherfuckers got to figure it out. Right. Quiz time. Looking ass. So that brings us to the end of this episode. It's been another great one, fellas. I want to thank you all for listening. The the wave is growing. The culture we are we trying to push it. Um, you know we just we getting bigger and we getting stronger, man. We just want to thank all the support, y'all guys. Make sure you leave a like. Make sure you rate us. Give us some stars. 
and give us a couple of reviews if you can and tell just all your friends about us. Tell everybody you know. Yeah, man. Let's just thank you so much for the support, man. Right. Like I'm, I've been wanting to do this for the longest, and I, you know, just when you record and you're, you know, just starting out, like you're always like overthinking it and like, damn, is this gonna be enough info? Is this good enough, bro? But just the amount of support we received so far, man, and this early of a stage, bro, like, man, just wait, bro. The sky's the limit. We about to take off. Yeah, man. And make sure you follow us at Fantasy In Session on Twitter. That's Fantasy the the letter N Session. Right. <laughs> And j- just hit us up with questions anytime, Facebook, Twitter. You know, we'll, we'll get back with you, just give you our advice and our take. And good luck drafting this weekend. Yes, uh, sir. We'll talk to you guys again probably Tuesday to review those preseason games this weekend. And good luck drafting. Like I said, peace. 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 peace.